broadcasting worldwide on internet radio. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresher Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. Welcome, everyone, to the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. This is Matt Sorensen, excited to be with you today. You know, this show is about saving taxes, protecting your assets, building wealth. And today we're going to, you know, try and hit the trifecta there, as it, as it may be, the holy trinity, maybe, however you see it. And uh, we're, we're just trying to deliver, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. I, I like that, Matt. Last week you were, you know, celebrating Wayne's World 25th anniversary, and you just went to the Holy Trinity. Man. Yeah, you know, I, I like it. You're all over the board. I got, you're, you're, I got depth. Broad range of uh, listener uh, options. You know, and I like to play to all crowds. So, you know, <laughs> but uh, well, I'm excited, Mark, for today's show. I mean, I got a cool legal tip. I'm hoping to give, and um, and we got a really interesting topic. One, a lot of our clients are very familiar with and have a lot of personal experience with too, I think. Yeah, this is going to be a great topic. Um, I love the show and I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners. Our our listening base is growing every week. We're so grateful for many of you that find this to be a great tax and legal resource. We, We hope that you'll share the link to the show with your friends and family. And if any of you haven't already signed up for our weekly newsletter, you can get to uh, refreshyourwealth.com, refreshyourwealth.com and sign up for a a free weekly newsletter with tax tips, videos, uh, deadlines, uh, important information you should be up to speed on with your business. And you also get a free copy of Matt Sorensen's uh, ebook, and as well as a copy of my newest ebook. And just that alone, just sign up for that. It's, it's quite the special. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that stuff we charge 400 bucks an hour for. I mean, people pay us all day long. They're banging on our door <laughs> for that. And we're just giving it away to our listeners. Because we love you. Just give it away. Well, we love you. and talking about giving away, we got a great topic today. We want to give away, and and just a lot of information. I think many of you are going to find helpful. We have a special guest. We're going to be talking about family businesses. Uh, Mark Morris is going to be joining us, an expert in this. Yes, another amazing Mark is going to join the show. And uh, this is going to be hard for me, huh? I got to deal with two Marks today. Yeah, I marked That's my right. calendar. I marked my calendar for this date. So. <laughs> no, I like good stuff. Well, I'll introduce Mark a little later. He's got a, an illustrious uh, bio, and uh, many of you are going to be impressed to hear what he's got to say about family-owned businesses. And uh, some of you out there, I know you're thinking about being in business with family, or you're <laughs> already taking the plunge. We're going to give you some tips here to help avoid some of those pitfalls and uh, some good practical stories and tips and strategies. So. Yeah, family businesses have created a lot of dynasties and wealth and a lot of heartache, too, let's be honest. A lot of lawyers have made a living on uh, family businesses, you know, <laughs> fighting battles. That's a good one. Yeah, we love family businesses, folks. So call us. We'll set you up, and six months later, we'll tear you apart. Exactly. We'll, get, we'll make money on the way in, on <laughs> the know. way out. 
<laughs> Matt, it was funny. I had this friend the other day. He goes, yeah, he goes, uh, he was telling me how he just got divorced. And you know what, Mark, next time I'm, I'm about ready to get married, just, just hit me over the head. I'm just going to go out there and find a woman I hate and just write her a check for half of my income. So, <laughs> oh, that's just, oh, I was like, sad. oh man, <laughs> oh, that's this is sad. jaded. That's a jaded view on life. But uh, hey, but we want to talk about. I mean, well, let's be honest. I mean, there's some things you want to avoid, some stories and examples you can maybe learn from, and some maybe rules of the road to follow uh, with your business. So, um, and and I've had a lot of interesting insight on this. In fact, my legal tip that I want to give today kind of has some overlap. So. I'm gonna. I'm ready. I'm ready to just throw down a legal tip if you're if you're feeling tipsy. Okay, Mark. man. If you're gonna take the bull by the horns, let's let's do a legal tip. All right. Okay. A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. Now, my legal tip for today. I want to talk about succession planning. Hmm. Now, sometimes your business plan needs to be coordinated with your estate plan. And if you care about your business and your family, that time is all the time, all right? Not you have to choose which one you care more about. You have to care more about your business or your family, or does it matter? Yeah, either one. If you have a care of either one, you need to okay. make sure. Because let's be honest, a lot of people do love their business. You want to see it succeed after you pass on. A lot of you love your family. You don't want them to hate life when you pass on and not know what the heck to do. So I had a consult with the client a couple weeks ago that was very interesting who was stuck with this problem. And this client had some an operational uh, small business. They did some sales and marketing services that was very successful. And they also had a, some real estate rentals. And they were really trying to grapple with, how do I deal with this? And they had a lot of frustration because their typical estate plan that they had already set up was very cookie cutter in the sense that it said, hey, when I pass away, give one third to this kid, one third to that kid, one third to the next kid. And it was kind of, you know, something normal you'd see. But they really wanted to dive into it more and say, all right, this child, they had three kids, this child is really more involved in my day-to-day -day business. This child has some rental properties themselves. They may want my rental properties. Um, this child really, frankly, shouldn't get anything, but they're my child, and they're not, they have no interest in anything except cash. But, the, but this uh, client was trying to be very proactive um, after having an estate plan that was not proactive in coordinating this back together. And so the first step in things to think about when you're thinking about your estate plan and your business plan is we want to make sure they're coordinated. Does your estate plan own your business entities? That's just rule of thumb number one. We want to make sure that's happening. If you set up an estate plan with us, we're going to do it, or any decent lawyer should be doing that. But the second thing and the ne next place to go, which was this client's conundrum and, and what they were trying to work through was, how do I make sure that that happens seamlessly? I'm going to be you know, six foot under the ground, so to speak. How do I make sure that my kids, who I want them to carry on this business, I want the success that I've built up to carry on, how do I make that happen when I've passed away? And it was really a lot more of just training and getting them involved and and things like that as much as it was a legal documentation standpoint. So I want you to keep on the, on the, uh, uh, on the tip of your mind as you're thinking about your business and today's topic is some of you may be a little bit older in life and none of us are invincible. We could pass on early, but particularly if you're older on in life, you have an established business, really want to think about succession planning, make a strategic, active plan 
to pass this on to the next generation. Start getting your kids or whoever your heirs are going to be involved so they know what could be coming down the pipe. Wow. Matt, fantastic tip. Ooh, deep. It's deep. I try. I try. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, you know, uh, so many, you know, 50% of Americans, 50% of Americans don't even have a will, let alone a, a, a full estate plan that's coordinated with their, their business plan. Yeah. Uh, I just met with a client, oh, last month, sat down uh, for dinner and uh, his business worth several million dollars and it wasn't even mentioned in his estate plan. And so we went through and talked about who would take over the business, uh, what role family members would play. Uh, mm -hmm. and what That's awesome. Estate tax could they, there could be. And, and they, him, he and his wife were just like, wow, oh, my gosh, we needed to do this. And it mm -hmm. takes a, it really takes a burden off your shoulders. Uh to do some of that. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right Woo! there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Taking it to the hoop. All right. Well, I've got now, normally, as many of you know, my tax tips are a lot more exciting than Matt's legal tips, but I don't know about it's this. True. I think, I think Matt, yours is going <laughs> to, I think Matt today, your, your uh, legal tips going to win the prize. So, all right, let's start out with an awesome tax tip. A tax tip you can actually understand and won't put you to sleep. A tax tip that could save you thousands. Okay, well, what I want to talk about is the sexy topic of extensions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that was a little... Yeah. Okay. Now here's the thing. No We're sexual about, innuendo meant, right? No, okay. no innuendos there. We're talking about the why you're laughing. Or, okay. See, we try to keep you. Some of you are paying attention. All right. So this <laughs> is about your personal or business extension. This is a big deal. Uh, many of you don't know LLCs. I, Matt, I've been on the phone with clients for three weeks, getting these shocked gasps. Many people don't realize that your LLC. A two-member LLC, three-member LLC, if you have an LLC with more partners than one, your LLC deadline for tax filing changed. This year, yeah. 2017, it is due uh, uh, March 15th. And I had a Freudian slip there, but it, I can't, it doesn't even roll off my tongue because for years it's been April 15th, but it's now March 15th for LLCs. Now, that's when your S corporation is due as well. I got a phone, I was on a phone call this afternoon and a client was like, When's my S Corp due? I'm like, in 15 days. What? You know, so <laughs> you have to file an extension for your LLC. Now, let me give a couple little important details. If you have a single member LLC, you will report that with your 10, 1040 on a Schedule C or a Schedule E or Schedule F, whatever you're doing, a single member LLC will be reported on your personal return. So don't stress. For all of you out there that have an LLC, you own 100% of it, don't freak out. You're just going to report it on your 1040. April I have one 15th. more little caveat at the end of this. But if you have a two or three member or four member LLC, the deadline for filing is now March 15th. Now you can get an extension, and I love it. You file an extension. Uh, it's Your tax return would not be due until September 15th, six months extension. But if you do not file for an extension, the fee is $195 per month per partner. That's the penalty, $195 per partner per month. I, I, I just want to give you a quick example here of running some numbers. This, this could get crazy. So if you have 
three partners in an LLC and you guys are late, uh, even let's say, heaven forbid, uh, 10 months late, that could be a $5,850 penalty. $5,000 in penalties just because you're like, oh, I didn't know my LLC was due. This is a big deal, folks. So get with your accountant. You can call our office. We'll file an extension for you uh, for your LLC or your S-Corp or both. And then that gives you until September 15th to get get finished. Now, uh, so a little you know tidbit that could save you thousands of dollars. Now, I want Matt, if I could, I want to make two little side notes. Number one, remember, folks, extend, extending your tax returns fine. There's you actually reduce your chances of an audit. You reduce your chance of an audit, and uh, by filing extension, it gives you more time to prepare your records and do a better job so that you can get more write-offs. You can comb through all those credit card statements, comb through all the bank statements, and find those deductions that you may have lost because you're in a rush. Don't be in a rush. The W-2 employee is all anxious to file the return as soon as possible to get a refund. Business owners, take your time. Do it right. I'd say 70% of our clients or more file an extension. It's okay. Take your time. Final tidbit, Matt, don't forget about those states. For any of you that are in a state that has excise taxes, uh, California is a good one. <laughs> you got to file a state return even with a single member LLC. And there's penalties for not filing those on time. So make sure that you get with your account. You let them know you've got a single member LLC. Uh, you can get on the state website. Just for example, California again, Franchise Tax Board. Go to the website, look at the rulings, the rules for a single member LLC and filing. Uh, and different states have all sorts of rules. You got Texas in there, Tennessee, uh, other states that have state filing requirements. Um, our office can help with that. Give us a call. So, Matt, not too exciting, but you know, but practical. It matters. Everybody deals with that, and I like you know, the extension. Don't be shy to extend. But I can't believe that three member LLC, fifty eight hundred bucks for 10, 10 months being late. That's just. That's just for not filing a piece of paper on time. That's outrageous, but it is. Now there is a one-time abatement uh, exemption. So if you're the first time you've ever been late, Ooh. you can uh, one mulligan. You can get an exemption one time. So you get out of jail free card one time. But folks, you don't want to plan on that. Yeah, uh, save that's that for one. when there's a save that. <laughs> save that. Save that card. <laughs> See if any of you play Monopoly, you want to hold on to that. That's uh, that's, that's right. A golden tick. No. Uh, well, well, awesome tip. Well, did you watch the? Uh, yeah, did you watch the Oscars over the weekend, Matt? Could you believe that? Fupa, our accounting firm, would have pulled that. that Price Waterhouse. <laughs> you know, I I heard that they. I did not watch it. I just heard the debacle of. I guess La La Land didn't win, which I which I did enjoy actually, but did did not win. And the music was great to that. I love all the music on from that. Um, oh, so good. Yeah, so good. But. Uh, so who did win though? I just remember who didn't win. Who won that? I can't even remember. That's the sad part, huh? Oh, I forgot it. I can't remember the name of it. Well, anyway, uh, La La Land loved it. So yeah. good. That was like Steve well, Harvey he calling out the wrong winner of Miss Universe or Miss USA or whatever. Remember that? That's crazy. That was pretty classic. Oh, gosh. Well, okay. Well, I uh, time to introduce our special guest. It is my honor to introduce Mark Morris to the show today. And he's he's a specialist in consulting with small business owners uh, and their individual businesses. Uh, he's helped large and small business firms around the world. He's an entrepreneur himself. He's founded three different ventures and advised hundreds of family, privately owned 
backed companies in the restaurant, automotive, insurance, healthcare, real estate, hotel. The list goes on and on. He's also got an MBA from Harvard. Huh, Matt? See? I've heard of that place. Yeah. Heard of it. I've heard of that. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, he's also worked with the consulting firm of Deloitte Consulting and Bain, a huge company, and advised uh, Fortune 500 firms. So uh, a wonderful, beautiful family, wife and six kids. And uh, the only drawback in this entire, gosh, amazing bio is he is an Alabama fan. So <laughs> that's, let's just cut the show up right there. Well, yeah. I, no, <laughs> Mark, I, welcome to the show. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope I don't turn off uh, any of your, uh, your uh, listeners by saying roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're winners. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah, really? although the, uh, the the national championship loss still hurts, so don't bring it up again. Yeah, that's all right. You know, 99% of college football fans' teams didn't win this year either, so it's okay. <laughs> now you know how the rest of us feel. Yeah. It's a little sad when you don't win your seventh championship, I know, you know. so Yeah, I, cr- I cried for a week. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us today. We are really excited about this topic about family-owned businesses. And I, I know when you and I started to get to know each other, this is really something you're passionate about. And we're excited to have you here to share some tips and strategies for many of our listeners around the country have a family mix in their business. Um, what, may I ask first, what, what got you kind of in that that niche or niche, if you will, of helping family-owned businesses. How did that happen? Yeah, sure. Um, so initially, I remember being really young. And when I was really young, I, I remember being with my dad, uh, getting in his truck, uh, leaving off early in the morning, 6 a.m., uh, mom packed peanut butter jelly sandwich, and off we go. Uh, and that that's kind of how I grew up. I, I would be on different things for my with my dad, uh, working with cousins, working with uncles. Uh, so I kind of grew up with entrepreneurs all around me. And uh, so it's kind of in my blood. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think um, it's good to have that personal background. You can kind of get the family dynamics and what it takes to be successful in a family business. Um, and I don't know, maybe you got some do's and don'ts, some rules of the road or something that, that you've realized have been really helpful. Um, but maybe what are the, some of the things when you're talking to when you're consulting a new business owner, getting into a family business, or maybe someone buying a family business, what are some of the, the initial advice you give people? You know, first, I, I, I think it's really important to recognize that a family business is, is different than, than a regular business. And I, as I think about it, I think it's mostly different in a couple of dimensions. Uh, the, the first dimension is structure. Uh, the second dimension is emotion. And the third dimension is expectation. And let me, let me just give you a story to kind of illustrate. So I was working with a family. And I, I'm really respectful of clients that I've worked with in the past or anyone i work with in the past. So I won't give you any names or details or even industries. But let me just kind of give you the, the basics. Uh, we were working with a, with a family. And uh, I had this, this, this uh, sibling come and talk to me. And the basis of the conversation went like this. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I run the business and I manage the business. and I manage the affairs of the business. Uh, I have a sibling, however, who also is in the business. Uh, that person is a manager and that person you know, has a drug problem. Uh, that person also has uh, done some things that, uh, would be considered sexual assault or not assault, but sexual 
uh, harassment in in a, in a typical typical firm. And we have thought about, hey, how can we manage this risk? Uh, we want to manage it from our perspective. We have partners. We want to manage it from their perspective. How can we manage this risk? And uh, my initial res- you know, uh, advice would be, hey, you, you got to get rid of him. He, he's too much of a risk. He uh, could potentially have uh, some issues between you and your fellow partners. It could be uh, issues between you and others. And, uh, and so as, as that was being considered, um, one of the parents shut it down. They said, no way. We are, there's no way in the world we're going to fire this person. Uh, and it was so important for them that that the emotional integrity of the of the of the family was maintained that <clears throat> that even though that was the most logical thing even though that was the thing that would normally happen in a uh, a typical situation uh, you might give them help you might uh, help them try to work through things but if they if they had a a uh, a problem that was chronic you'd eventually have to let them go um, that that just wasn't happening. It wasn't going to fly. It wasn't even mm-hmm. uh, part of the conversation because it was a family business. Yeah, that's tough. It, gosh, and it makes sense. You know, I'm a parent and uh, have kids now that are in college and and running, working in the business from time to time, running their own small businesses, going to college, and you wish the best for your kids. And to think that you've got to fire them from the family business or. Uh, <clears throat> You want to usually protect them and help them work through it, encourage that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're a sibling trying to hold a business together and it's backfiring, uh, that's got to be tough. Uh, what? I, yeah, I guess the, I want to the, flat, the, the other side of it, however, Mark, is that that on the flip side, you have families who go to their 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 children or go to their brothers or sisters or other people, and they say, hey. Uh, I can't pay you a lot right now, but uh, we can put in sweat equity together and it can be something that we can create together and it can be magic and beautiful and wonderful and, and, and so forth and so on. And on the flip side, you have a huger investment of emotion and you have the right dynamics of a structure to take on and do something that you know typically is hard. Most, most uh, initial businesses fail, as we know. And so um, you know, there, there is both sides of the coin. Uh, particularly, however, when you think about a, a family business, there's not just the structure of ownership and the employees, which are two different structures. You also have to consider that family dynamic, which, again, can be a plus or a minus. I like it. I, I, Matt, he saved himself because he was going to be Debbie Downer initially. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> you know, yeah. Never have a family business. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 it can be good. You know, it, it is, good. though. It's it is true. Yeah. It's, I mean, a, a, the, I think the, your family can be a blessing or a curse in a business, right? I mean, sometimes you get that synergy from the family. You know everybody's strengths. You know their weaknesses. You're all in it together, you know. Uh, I think that I've seen a lot of businesses have a lot of success because of that. And there's a lot of love and care. Yes. And, and but then, you, but then on the other hand, if a business has problems and someone's out of line, so to speak, it's like, well, this is family. It's not business, but it is, but it's not. It's just, yeah, it's it's tricky. You, you got to yeah, balance re- a lot of relationships. It, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's I, I, yeah, and I remember in Sopranos, the second season, the best way to deal with that. Uh, oh, sorry, no, we can't do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, now, so Mark, what do you what do you do in that situation? Let's you know we can talk about all the good, and and we want to do that too. You know, of how to structure maybe a business with family. And Matt, your tip earlier, succession planning. There's lots of good things to talk about here, but maybe let's focus on some of those hard things. 
you did talk about that that dynamic of the emotional uh, goals of the family and keeping the family together, but maybe an employee or child or family members not car- carrying their weight. Uh, what do you do? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Re- regardless of what you are looking at, I think uh, the solution might be the same, although how you apply it might be different. And so basically you have to realize that you have to manage your, your family business a little differently. As I, as I think about that, uh, that falls into certain categories. The first is uh, enabling tough conversations. Uh, the next is developing processes and documenting those processes. And the final is leveraging advisors. Uh, the tough conversations, let me, let me give an example of, of being with my own dad. And so I remember when I was uh, about 14 years old <clears throat> and uh, I was in, my, in the car with my dad. We'd gone somewhere and my dad was the traditional, um, you know, uh, male family figure. Um, uh, I'm African-American. And so he was, you know, very uh, serious and sometimes really hard to, I, I felt hard to connect with initially uh, as we uh, interacted. And he, don't get me wrong, great dad, very great provider. And over time, I, I developed a better relationship with him. But I remember being in that car and having a, a, a serious conversation with him and just saying, hey, dad, you know, I, I want to have a better relationship with you. And as we had that conversation, um, he, he just listened to what I had to say. He didn't say much. And, uh, and then, you know, we got to home and I left uh, the car and I thought that was that. Uh, but over time, you know, things developed and things grew and we, you know, started watching more games together and uh, having more heart to heart conversations. And those things were, were really important to me from from lots of perspectives. When when we, I was a little older in life, it was really interesting how uh, when he needed something, he could come to me. And so I remember him coming and talking to me about getting a loan for the business, uh, which is something that uh, that I was happy to do. And uh, my my dad actually died in 2009. And I, I remember being you know there with him, uh, talking with him. And I, I specifically remember the nurse coming in one day and saying, hey, Mr. Morris, can I can I help you with something? And he turning and just saying, oh, don't worry about that. My 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 boy will get that. And, and I was happy to do it. Uh, if we wouldn't have had that tough conversation, I don't know where our relationship would have gone. Um, there are other tough conversations you kind of have to have or need to have. Uh, one, for example, is my own wife. So, you know, I have a couple of entities that I work with and own. And one of the things that we have talked about is, you know, what happens if. Uh, and so when when we've talked, uh, those have been some really good discussions to to kind of outline what mm-hmm. she needs to do, uh, what uh, what needs to happen, what banks to talk to, uh, who advisors to talk to, uh, kind of giving her a, a spreadsheet, if you will, of things to do. Uh, so that's a tough conversation that we've had to have. Yeah. I've had tough conversations with my kids, right? Um, so those are some of the things yeah. that some tough conversations you've had. Well, let's um, let's try and get into some examples and practical tips I think any business owner could use. I, I love how you brought in the spouse there. And you know what's funny is you're talking about all this stuff. I'm thinking of Arrested Development. Um, if you've seen that show where you've got the son, the older son, Michael, who is, you know, takes runs the family business and he's got his you know, no good sister and Lindsay and two brothers, Job and uh, Buster, who are totally worthless. And, uh, but Michael has this burden of running the family or of running the family business. And he's not, he's not married. Um, I guess he's a, a widow, I think in the show, 
but it's a really funny story that plays on a lot of these issues we're talking about. And um, as you brought up the spouse there, I think a lot of business owners, you know, male or female, they've got a spouse who is not, may not be working the business day to day, but this is a family business. You guys are living off of this income. Um, and what have you seen of some successes maybe of maybe couples or spouses in a business that work well together? Um, how necessary is it for the spouse to be involved? What are some, maybe some tips with just thinking about the spouse in a, in a business? So, so those are great questions. I think initially the spouse, sometimes we call them the silent spouse. Uh, because they're kind of like a silent partner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they have no ownership yeah. rights or mine's or not so no, silent. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, it's interesting. It depends. It depends on the issue. Uh, so sometimes, sometimes they are. Sometimes they aren't. Um, as I've worked with uh, businesses, getting them involved, involved in the process of kind of making decisions uh, is is really really critical. And you might you might outline some specific decisions that you want to look at. Uh, you might look at employment. You might look at compensation. You might look at uh, other things in terms of children development, leadership development in your family. And as you have those conversations, it, it really becomes about, hey, you know, what is the best for our children? What is the best for us personally as we try to develop? Uh, what is best for uh, our employees, which sometimes become pseudo family members? Uh, all of those are great questions that lead to win-win results. And so when you sit down with your child or you sit down with your employee or you sit down uh, with even your spouse and say, you know, hey, sweetie, I really want uh, to do all I can to help you develop and grow in ways that you want to. Uh, let's talk about that. You know, it's a really, really uh, powerful conversation. Well, I, I like the big takeaway that I've already got here from and I'm going to say it directly because, Mark, you've been saying this, uh, if not directly, but indirectly is communication. Yeah. Communication when you say what's difference between a typical business and a family business, yeah, I would have to have the gut feeling that communication has to be even greater and more respected and valued in a family business. Because if you're just running a business and you've got employees, sometimes you can keep more cards to your chest. Uh, you can run it like a dictatorship and it's your business. And even if it's you and your spouse running the business, you can say, this is the way we're going to do it. And you and your spouse are hopefully equally yoked and you have a, a dynamic that works. But when you have kids involved, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, if you're not communicating, and I like, I think it was your second point, not only having those hard conversations, which is communicating, but systems where and, and accountability where this is your job and here's how you're accountable do it right, do it poorly, here's the rewards, and here's the punishment. And as long as you're communicating that, that's got to create some strength in a family business, I would presume. And what what are your thoughts? It absolutely does. In fact, um, kind of going along those lines of of creating processes, you you have these processes that you create and implement uh, to manage specific types of communications. Uh, Those have to do with where particularly you might see some problems Uh, that you can anticipate, employment or compensation or conflict. And so you might develop a system saying, hey, this is how we're going to manage that. And and as you actually put it in place, uh, you have to tweak that system. So, you know, for example, I was working with a family and it was really interesting as they were developing and growing, uh, the family uh, decided that, hey, uh, one sibling's no longer in the business uh, they've moved away. Another system is in uh, another sibling is in the business. 
And so how do we how do we manage things going forward? The one sibling came to the, the family meeting uh, with the thoughts of, hey, you know, in the past, this person has been someone who has been hard to deal with. In the past, this person was kind of a bully when I was um, when I was working with them. Uh, in the past, all these things that had happened weren't good. And af- as they actually had the communications about, hey, this is what my concern has been in the past, uh, they were able to work things out so that going forward, they were they were they were able to you know shift over responsibility in an amicable way. Um, Mark, what do you think about on addressing the compensation issue? I think sometimes when you get in a family business, you may have uh, siblings, for example, in a family business that are paid differently um, or that maybe should be paid differently. Um, and I know there's this, you know, there's it's touchy-feely, I think. I don't know how else to say it, but it's, you know, there's, there's emotion and I guess you care more. It's not just a business relationship that's somewhat disposable, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, this is family, family's forever type thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but do we treat them? Do we treat them like... You know, when it, when we get down to business, I mean, let's be real. Let's talk about money. Do we get down to business well, and do we reward people for what they do? Or are we also taking into account, hey, the family together has built this company. We should all be paid the same. Uh, how, do, how do you deal with compensation? I've had that question of me with even my own family members that have family businesses and clients over the years who really seem to struggle with dealing with compensation amongst family members who do disproportionate work. Yeah. Uh, the truth be told, if you look at most family businesses, about half, if you have multiple siblings in the business, at the end of the day, by the end of the tax year, even if salary-wise they're paid differently, uh, by the end of the tax year with distributions, they're paid the same. Um, and that, that's just kind of the reality. It really depends on the family and what, what you want to kind of give and get, if you will. Um, and that that silent spouse might be a little more vocal about about that. Uh, one of the one of the ways or strategies that we've looked at in terms of how to differentiate is creating specific roles uh, that say, hey, if you're in this role, you will earn this. And there's a potential for anyone in the family business who has the capacity and the 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 leadership capability and they're able to be followed in the organization to, to get that role. And so one day mm-hmm. you could get that too. So that's one way some companies have done it. Uh, another way companies have done it is to say, hey, this is what mom and dad have created. It's worth X. And they will get someone to value that and put a, put a dollar amount on it. And they'll do that every year. And from then on, they'll say, we're going to split the profits based on you know what uh, Mike creates or what Joey creates or what uh, Sybil creates. And if Sybil is the CEO and the other two are not involved in the family business, uh, anything she creates on top of that, you know, is mostly hers. And so that's a different way, a different approach of, of dividing up the, uh, yeah. the distribution. Mark, you just reminded, reminded me of an example too. And I, and, and it's not practical in, uh, in some businesses, but it can oftentimes work is creating divisions within the business and you're rewarded based on the productivity of that division. Um, uh, I, I had a client that was in the cleaning, uh, janitorial carpet business, and they gave uh, the window cleaning to one of the kids. They gave the carpet cleaning to one of the other kids. 
Um, and then they did, uh, I think they even had some landscaping and they said, well, why don't you run with this one of the kids? So they were still a family business and they still marketed together. They branded the business name together, but each child was rewarded on their mm. product production and ability to sell and manage within a certain division. And then, then if they didn't succeed, too bad that you yeah. had your chance. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's actually a great point, Mark. In fact, many companies that are family businesses, they, they, they create this great chart. I call it a million dollar chart that basically says, Hey, you know, this is how much profit we make. And this is how much growth that is over time. Say that's 15 or even 20%, which is great growth. Uh, and this is how much costs that are happening as siblings or their children grow into the family business. And say that's 20, 30, 40, 50%, 100%. And they realize that quickly that in order to maintain growth, uh, to match costs, they're going to have to do some new business development. And in order to do that, they will allow uh, different people and support them in that and help them uh, mm. do uh, leadership training, uh, teach them how to help develop certain businesses that are adjacencies to the, the family business, but allow them to go out and create on their own so that there can be more profit to share. Okay, Matt, let me just interject one yeah. comment real quick, Max. It's at the tip of my tongue. I think this is interesting. Is Don't we need to also have the reality check for some of those listeners out there that guess what? Your business really isn't going to employ all your kids and your grandkids. It <laughs> just doesn't have the capacity to do that. And even though you have that vision of grandeur, Mark, as you've consulted with family owners and businesses, how, how do you have that kind of intervention or reality check with, with business owners? So this is one of the things that uh, as you think about communications and think about processes, uh, one of the processes you want to create is an employment policy that says this is our process for hiring people. And it, go, it basically goes like this. Oftentimes there's a need to either leave the family business, go work somewhere, go and actually prove yourself before coming back into the family business. And if that policy is created far before, you know, Joey or, 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 or Sybil uh, looks to join the family business, it's no longer personal. It's no longer about, hey, I don't want to hire you. Uh, it's more about, hey, this is our policy. So we often tell this story to uh, different people that we work with about a specific family who had, it was created by grandma and grandpa, and eventually it was sold to uncle and aunt. And there are other siblings involved, but all of them made that decision together and they actually created a family uh, constitution that says, hey, this is how we're gonna handle things. This is our employment policy. In order to get employment here, you have to have gone to college and you've had to have proven yourself at another job. And there has to be a role for you as opposed to, hey, we can just hire anyone uh, that, uh, that comes under the sun. And so when, when someone actually came to the family business who wasn't uh, a college graduate, who actually was a college dropout, uh, the uncle said, hey, you know what? I'd love to talk to you about, uh, about our family business and, and employment opportunities within it. Here's our employment policy. Your mom and dad have looked at it. They've all signed it. Go read it. Whenever you want to come talk to me, let's talk. And uh, the, the, the person took it and he never came back. But there wasn't this you know, heartache. There wasn't awkwardness at the Christmas yeah. table. It wasn't, hey, I don't like you. Or it wasn't, hey, I'm wasn't uh, dad, yeah. mom, he didn't hire me. It was, hey, we've already made this decision. A similar thing can be said, honestly, about prenuptial agreements, Mark. Uh, so if you, if you set it uh, as soon as engagement happens, uh, boy, it's about that spouse. 
that that's joining the family. But if you set that up long time in advance, uh, then there's not this emotional connection is no longer personal. And I see, I, I can't believe Mark goes from Alabama to prenups. I mean, obviously <laughs> you're a real popular guy. So that's amazing Man, I, to throw down the prenup. That's serious. Uh, yeah. Matt, I know you had a comment. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. What would you, what would you say, Mark? I mean, as you've looked at these family businesses, there's just this family relationship dynamic, obviously, that causes unique problems. Um, but what would you say as you consult with family businesses is the one thing, and maybe it's not one thing, maybe it's two or three, whatever, but the one thing everyone's doing really well in a successful family business. And maybe uh, on the other hand, too, is what's the one thing that, that seems to blow up family businesses? Like, that an otherwise successful family business blows can, can blow up if you don't watch out for X, you know? Uh, what, so what are your let me that? let me let me first define success, Matt, uh, because family businesses typically define success in one or two ways, sometimes both. One way to define success is economic success success. And so you might have families that are greatly economic success. They, they might have great economic success. Uh, another way to define success is emotional success. So they have a really close, tight bond. And then there are mixtures of those. And so some families have great economic success, uh, but they're, they have really low uh, family buy-in and emotional connection. Uh, another family might have great emotional connection, but they're poor and they don't have very much money. <laughs> Ideally, you want both, right? Ideally, you want, a, you want to have great emotional success and great financial success. And those people that do that, those families that do that, they manage both. Uh, there is a, a periodic way they look at and, and, and gauge and manage uh, and determine, hey, how are we doing it emotionally? How are we doing financially? And they don't just look at one or the other. That's great. No, like I that. like it. Well, and, and let's follow it up. And I appreciate it, Mark. You're pausing yeah, uh, to let us uh, interject, which is a very professional uh, interviewee skill. Uh, because a lot of the interviewees on our show just keep going on and on and on. But I love how you just defined, it, defined success. So let me follow it up with Matt's same question. Is there a common characteristic, uh, just off the cuff, I know you know that we do this live, folks. There, we didn't prepare Mark with these questions. Um, is there just something come to mind as maybe the one of the most common characteristics of the families that are doing it right? So here's, here's two ways to manage it. Uh, the, the first way is to um, have these you know, conversations that we've talked about. And as we've had these conversations to document that, and as you document it, actually put it into practice. And so here's, here's an example of putting it into practice. Uh, a, father works, a father walks into a meeting one day uh, that involves his children and his siblings, and he is the leader of the family business. And he says something to the effect of, Hey, I, I've, I finally got to the point. I've got my number. I'm retiring today. Uh, you guys figure it out. Now, he's not really retiring, uh, but he's basically putting them through a fire drill. And, and they start going through the motions of what they would do if he just walked out the door today. Uh, and so doing those things and actually writing them down is one level, but actually putting it into practice and, and, and actually looking and changing it over time so that the process the process is the manager, not the people. So if mom or dad or whoever is the key leaves, mm -hmm. uh, you can you can you can maintain. That's that's critical. And then the second one that uh, we can talk about in just a second 
has to do with advisors. And so we can talk about that in just a second. Yeah, we probably should wrap up on advisors. I, I know that's an important point here is, but I, I want to just reiterate what I Mark said. One of the notes that I wanted to cover today that I thought, what could I contribute to this show? And you just said it is documentation. You know, it's funny when Matt and I consult with thousands of clients between the two of us, we'll meet with almost 1500 clients throughout the year on one-on-one consults. And we constantly harp on get it in writing, get it in writing. And, <laughs> and the problems that come with a partnership, not putting in a writing, but one of the common problems that plagues small business owners that are family businesses, they think they can do it on a handshake. You know, it's family, it's family. And folks, if there's one time, if there's one family, one business that should be documenting it is the family business because everybody remembers the conversation around the dinner table differently. And I like how you said you communicate, you get a system, you have a plan and you document it. And folks, if you think you can cut corners with a family business, I, I just you're, you're tricking yourself. You're, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the second thing, as we kind of talked about that, is getting help to do that. And that's where advisors come in. And those can, those can be people that you already have as advisors. Those can be people that you, you, you bring to the table. Uh, there's a story told by one of my colleagues. By his, one of his mentors knew he was going to have this tough conversation with his family. And so he arrived. And when he arrived, he, he said, hey, I, I, think, uh, I think we're going to have a tough conversation today. And so he pulled out a baseball bat. And he put on a, a catcher's helmet and he put on the catcher's gear, right, to kind of illustrate, hey, this is going to be a, a rumble, if you will. Uh, so, you know, having someone else to facilitate that, that conversation can also be, be, be very helpful. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny is we've even had some clients that have, and I've, I've seen this in businesses where, the, you know, someone needs to be fired. They bring in the outside consultant, even for some, some of the dirty work, you know. Um, so one of the things I think is really important, particularly in a family business is getting an outsider's perspective. Sometimes in a family, you all think the same, right? You're maybe raised the same, you have the same values, you have this, a similar life experience. And so getting an outsider's perspective is probably a little more valuable in a family business. Um, and I think sometimes the family businesses, unfortunately too, get, well, let's get Bob He's, he's got an accounting degree, or, or Susie watches a lot of law and order, so surely she can handle the legal work, you know, or whatever it may be. Everybody, everybody seems to have this dream, and let's just let them go at it. Cause, but if this was, you know, Susie that worked in your office, you'd never let her do the legal documents. So, um, but I think family businesses particularly get a lot of value from uh, outsider professionals coming in to help advise the business, and it helps in succession planning. So love that comment. I think it's, it's, uh, it's really important. Uh, Mark, did you have any final questions, Kohler? Yeah. Well, I, Mark, uh, you're an advisor helping people around the country. Uh, I, I, do you, could, would you be willing to give out your contact information for anybody that might want to uh, retain you for a, a tough conversation with their family or uh, whatever <laughs> you'd like? <laughs> sure, no problem. Uh, I can be reached at Mark, M-A-R-K dot Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S, at Morelta, M-O-R-E-L-T-A dot com. Right, Mark dot Morris at Morelta dot com. We'll put that in our uh, uh, announcement next week on the newsletter of how you can reach him. Uh, uh, fantastic conversation. This exceeded even my expectations of a great show. This has been really deep. Because uh, I think all of us as business owners want to see, leave a legacy, get our family involved, 
and uh, it's just crazy. And so, uh, Mark, tell us some of your final thoughts or takeaways. Anything you'd like to add here? Final thought is, uh, at the end of the day, ultimately, when people start a business, they want it to help their family. They want it to sustain the family. They want it to protect the family. It would be a shame if um, you don't do the things that will enable that as opposed to uh, not managing it so it's the thing that tells the family apart. And so I, I, I think that's the key is, you know, we want that that high success uh, in terms of financial success, but also the, the emotional success as well. Yeah, it's very well said, very important. I think it's not just about the business in terms of, you know, what we think in the business world, so to speak, of going out and making money. I, I uh, love that comment there. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We're going to be back next week with another great episode of Refresh Your Wealth. And remember, if you love the show, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And, um, of course, Mark and I will be grateful if you let us know. We'll send you a free copy of one of our books, your choice. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream. Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's eBooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Refresh your wealth.